Welcome to another episode of Connecting the Dots podcast. My name is H.F. Mason. I'm a general surgeon and chief medical officer at Baptist Memorial Hospital DeSoto and chief quality officer for the Baptist system. And hey, everybody, I'm Jake Lancaster. I'm an internal medicine physician and the chief medical information officer for the Baptist system. Well, guys, first of all, I want to wish a happy new year to all of our listeners. And today we are so honored to have Michael Timms to be our guest. He's uh, coming all the way from uh, British Columbia, way to the north. And we're looking at the mountains in the in the background of his office. And Michael works in leadership development. He's a consultant, a speaker and an author. And his latest book is how leaders can inspire accountability. And and today we're going to spend a little time talking with Michael about accountability. So, Michael, welcome and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Harvey and uh, Jake. Glad to be with you today. Um, yeah, so I am. Uh, so my background is in human resources. I, I started off in human resources. And uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, I had so I had a number of bosses when I was working in industry and they progressively got worse. And uh, this last guy was so bad that uh, I just decided I have got to, I don't, I remember feeling, I don't want anybody to ever feel the way this guy is making me feel. And, um, and uh, my first love actually in university was leadership development. Um, I read the seven habits of highly effective people. I loved it. And I'm like, this is exactly what I want to do. Then I got into HR and was doing none of that. <laughs> and so it was kind of the catalyst of having that terrible boss and wanting to get back to my first love of leadership development that uh, inspired me to start my own business. Uh, that was about eight years ago. And I've been consulting with organizations, helping organizations um, uh, teach their their uh, leadership team, number one, how to be better leaders themselves, but number two, how to put in place a system and process to develop uh, other leaders. So there you go. There's a little bit about my background. Okay. Well, once again, welcome. And, you know, today we're going to talk a lot, some about your book. We're going to talk about accountability. And and when I was looking at uh, over some of your material and some of your content, uh, man, I had a big aha moment. And, and you described that sometimes we talk about taking responsibility for something and being held accountable for something. We We sort of look at those as being exactly the, the same. And you, you, you argue that they're not. And uh, talk to us a little bit about the difference between responsibility and accountability. Yeah, sure. Um, responsibility, the way that I define responsibility is taking ownership of tasks or activities. So um, if you do everything on your job description, you are a responsible person. And we want responsible people. That's great. Um, but Taking accountability is a little bit different. It's taking ownership of results, not tasks, results. Um, And there's a difference because I think we all know that you can do everything that you're supposed to do and still not get the right results. And that's not what we're after. Uh, That actually was um, made really clear to me one time, this Mm. one example in industry, I was working uh, with this lady. She was super responsible. Um, you know, she she did everything that she was supposed to do. Um, but any time that things went wrong, uh, she was the first to say, I only did what you told me to do. And um, and, you, you know, you can't blame me. I only did what you told me to do. And and uh, and that's why we've we've got bad results. It's, it's on you. And 
that that's not what we're after. Uh, we just want, and we weren't looking to pin the blame on anybody. We just wanted to know, hey, you know, why, you know, why did this happen? But she didn't want anything to do with the results because there was always a chance that results could be bad, and she wanted to distance herself from that. And mm. so essentially, what she was doing is she was using responsibility as a shield to protect herself against accountability. Um, and uh, you know, when we think about why she did that. You know, you might, I think at, at first, a lot of people in leadership positions might be, well, she's just a bad employee. Um, you know, she's uh, that we, we just don't want people like that. We want accountable people. Well, wait a minute. Why was she behaving that way? I can tell you why she was behaving that way, because she for 30 years, she reported to two old white guys who were blamers. And uh, and she was and she knew that she had to protect herself all the time. And she that's why she wanted to distance, distance herself from, um, uh, you know, from from the results. So there is a difference between accountability and responsibility. Responsibility is good. Accountability is, be, is better. And we want to help people move in the direction of being more accountable um, and being more concerned about getting the right results. Say, like, hey, look, I don't care what it takes. Let's let's just let's just focus on getting the right results. Who you know really the things on your job description, the things on your to do list, those are good guidelines. Those are probably helpful to help us kind of move in the direction of getting the right results. But that's not the goal. The goal is not to check the boxes. The goal is not to complete those tasks. The goal is to get the right results. And I think leaders, people in leadership positions, have done employees and themselves a disservice by focusing people way too much on the tasks. Do this, do this, do this, do this, and not focusing people on the results thereafter. And I'll tell you what, if we can just do that one thing, if leaders can just do that one thing, teach people the difference between accountability and responsibility, and focus people more on the results, uh, you will get better results. I think it's really interesting, you know, talking the difference between you know, tasks and responsibility versus, you know, the results and accountability. A lot of times we will have, you know, projects or goals that we are trying to re- achieve a certain result. Um, and I will see action plans or A3s that describe the the tasks or the tactics to get to those results. And often I sit there and look at that. And I'm like, even if they did everything on that list, they're not going to drive the results that they want. Um, but those happen to be the tasks and the actions that are maybe easiest for them to do in their particular role. So, so how, how as a leader should you look at that when somebody comes to you with an, an action plan for achieving results and you know that the, the tasks, although they're great, they're, they're good things maybe to work on, aren't going to achieve the results that, um, that you need? Yeah, and I would, I would ask questions. Um, you know, it's important. It, it's obviously important to give people uh, to define the results really crystal clear um, uh, so that people can develop that action plan on their own to give them the option um, to to develop that action plan. But I would ask them, ask them questions. And and, you know, when you're seeing something, look, the reason usually the reason why you're in a leadership position is because typically you do have more experience than other people. You've been down that road. You've made those mistakes. Colin Powell, uh, he has a a great, great saying. 
and that is that um, that uh, good judgment uh, comes from experience, and experience comes from bad judgment. Um, and, yeah, I like that. You know, and so <laughs> that's why a lot of times we we are in these positions is because we've been down that road, we've we've stepped in those potholes ourselves. And we can provide people guidance, but typically guidance comes in the best form uh, when it's when it comes in the form of questions. Um, questions you might want to ask is, um, you know, what, you know, why do you think that this will lead to that result? Have we ever used these tasks to achieve this type of result in the past? Um, have you, have you, <clears throat> in the past, have you, have you tried to achieve something like that? And did you, in fact, use this? Uh, this method that you're you're suggesting, uh, what's your backup plan if this doesn't work? Um, how are we going to know pretty quickly, um, you know, pretty quickly down the path if this is not leading us to the right results? Do you have certain milestones? Do you have certain metrics? And those are the questions that I would ask. And um, you know, and if you're if you're seeing some major major uh, major problems in their approach, I would just say, hey, look. You know what? Um, this is what I like about your approach. I can tell you, this is what I've done in the past, and I would warn you, this is very. I can see from your approach, uh, there's a high probability that this is going to repeat, that this is going to happen. You know, what would you suggest we do to make sure that that bad thing doesn't happen? And so that's probably the way that I would um, I would approach that. And as a leader. You know, most of us, including myself, are not good coaches. We have the experience, and because we have the experience, we know what to do. And it's way easier, and it's way more efficient for us just to say, do this, do this. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, that's not the way human beings work. Um, we only really like to do things that are our idea, <laughs> right? And so, and so we got to, as best as we can, you know, be provide wise guidance um, and and ask those good questions to make sure that they retain ownership of that idea, right? You know, a, a lot of times in leadership, we um, sometimes we're like, "Do as I say, not as I do." You know, and and you know, and you talk about developing. You like to help organizations develop leaders. Is it possible? to instill accountability in your team or in another person when, when, when you yourself don't have that sense of uh, accountability? Well, I tell you, you know, Harvey, I have never met a person in a leadership position who would admit or who believes, you know what, I'm really not that accountable. <laughs> you know? so, so that is problem number one, is we all think when we're in leadership positions, we all think that we are the supreme example of accountability. When in fact, I think most of us can point to uh, times where we've had leaders, you know, bosses who, you know, are, of course, like, obviously not as good a, a leader as they think they are. So I think problem number one is that we all think that we're better leaders than we than we actually are. We all think that we're setting a higher standard of accountability than we probably uh, than we probably are. Um, so I guess keep that in mind. But the other thing that I would say is that nobody is going to demonstrate accountability to a higher degree than their leader. And I can tell you that 
here's how you know that you could probably set a higher standard of accountability. If when problems occur, people on your team are very concerned about deflecting blame, about saying, no, 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 it's not me. It's no, you know, it's actually Skip, you know, and Skip was and or, you know, no, no, you don't understand if Jake, if Jake would have done this, then I would have. No, 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 you don't look, I've got crappy equipment. I've got, you know, like if you've got people on your team who anytime there's a problem, it's never their fault. Where are they learning that behavior? Mm. And I'll tell you what, number one, where are they learning the behavior? But number two, why do they feel that they need to uh, deflect blame and deflect you know, accountability elsewhere? If they're doing that, A, I don't think they have a good enough example, and B, I can almost guarantee you they don't feel safe to say, you know what? Uh, you know, yeah, sir, there are some things that aren't, you know, we've got some equipment problems here. We've got some uh, maybe systems problems here. But you know what? I just forgot to do this. And I'm, you know what? And here's what I'm going to do to make sure that I never forget to do this again. That's the behavior that we're looking for. And if people don't, if people don't behave that way, I think the very first place you need to look is their leader. Are they setting a high enough standard of personal accountability uh, themselves? Yeah. You mentioned blame a couple of times there. And, you know, in medicine, uh, especially, we've had a history of blaming individuals a lot. Um, so thinking of our uh, morbidity and mortality rounds where, you know, a bad outcome happened to a patient. And we uh, in the past would would put the attending physician up there, whoever responsible for the case and and grill them about why they let something happen. Even you, if, you know, Jake, the ABCs of medicine accuse, blame, and criticize. That's right. <laughs> that's right. You know, that's even if maybe right. it was a, a real system problem that led to this outcome that that person maybe had no control over. So we're, we've moved away from that uh, over the last decade or so, I would say, in trying to move into a, you know identifying root cause and, and system failures. Um, but can you... Tell us just a little bit of your thoughts about the difference between blame and accountability and what is the balance um, that needs to be there. You know, that relationship between blame and accountability is really weird because, first of all, um, blame is the antithesis of accountability. Blame is what you do when you don't want to take accountability. But the weird thing is that our society has somehow used the has started to use the word accountability as, as a euphemism for blame. Um, in other words, you know what that doctor screwed up, um, so we are going to hold them accountable. Mm. And when people say we're going to hold them accountable, really what they're saying is they are to blame and they should be punished. And we are going to rub their nose in it and shame them so much. And we think that that is holding people accountable. Uh, and so that's why I say it's a really weird thing that we have somehow as a society turned the very two words that are the very opposite of each other and started to use them as a euphemism mm. for each other. And, you know, and, and I think it does problem. And if you take a look at our society as, um, uh, you know, from a high level, 
that's typically, you know, what we see, you know, in the newspaper, in the news, when people say, you know, that politician must be held accountable. Really what they're saying is that politician is to blame and they should be punished. Mm. And so I think the very first thing that we need to do is get really clear that blame is actually the opposite of accountability and that we must not um, not we must not confuse those two and conflate those two words. Um, so. Um, so, yeah, going back to um, uh, going back to Jake's example there of when we you know, hold that physician's feet to the fire. Look. Ideally, you know, the uh, the the investigating committee is not going to ideally they're going to take more of a systems approach than a, than a blame approach. But if they don't, um, you know, that physician is a leader. They are in a leadership position and they need to be the ones who say, you know what, uh, here are some things, you know, parts. Here's how I think I contributed to this problem. And here's what I think that I can do to improve the situation. But unfortunately, part of the job as a leader is to not turn that around and turn go to go to his or her staff and say, I just got grilled because of your mistakes. And this is what you need to do differently. And that's really that's a tough thing to to, you know, kind of take the blame and not pass it on. But mm. that is the job of a leader. And hey, if there's any confusion, hey, physicians, those of you who are physicians who are listening to me, you are in a leadership position and that is part of your responsibility. Um, I don't know, Jake, if I answered your question. Sorry, was there anything that I didn't answer? No, no, I, I think you you hit it on. I mean, every one of us, if we were ever in that situation where we had a bad patient <clears throat> outcome, we do feel accountable and responsible, um, maybe it's, to the it's, extent where we overlook the system issues and blame ourselves, we probably take it a little too hard. What were you going to say, Jeff? I was going to say it's always anesthesia. I mean, that's yeah, always well, my go-to surgery. answer. Is, yeah, those are the two that fault, I would blame you know. mostly. <laughs> no, anesthesiologist. But uh, Michael, you you know you you touched on don't blame, and and in in your white paper you talked about a couple of other practical practices that that leaders can do. Uh, to to help develop that accountability. And, and the first was don't blame. Talk talk to us about the other two. Yeah. So, you know, the very first. So there are, believe it or not, the the uh, the ability to, to set kind of the supreme example of, of personal accountability um, it boils down to really three three simple behaviors. Number one, don't blame uh, when you blame. Number one, uh, you are uh, you're giving away your power to overcome your problems to the people or circumstances that you're blaming. So if, if, if I believe that 100% of my problems are, let's use Skip, he's just, he's just there and so we can use him. If I believe that 100% of my problems are Skip's fault, then my ability to get better results in the future are completely in Skip's hands. They are not in my hands. And so the problem with blaming is you give away your power. Uh, the other problem with blaming is that you kill accountability in others, uh, because what you do is you create this uh, amygdala hijack uh, in people's minds, and they go. It's like a switch. You go from uh, you, 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 if you, when you blame somebody, uh, people's uh, brain and amygdala interprets that as the same as it would a physical attack, and so it goes into fight or flight mode. 
And all your brain cares about is defending itself, right? Um, and so you're gonna get nowhere and people are not gonna, you're gonna create the opposite response that you actually wanna create. So habit number one is don't blame. Habit number two is look in the mirror. Look in the mirror is acknowledging, you know what, anytime there's a problem, uh, there's usually a combination of factors. It's, it's usually not simply, you know, 100% one person or 100% one thing's fault. There's usually a combination of factors that have created this problem. And looking in the mirror is just saying, hey, what's my part in this? Um, you know, maybe maybe I only contributed 10% of this, maybe I only contributed 20% to this problem, but what is my part in this? And what could I have done differently and what can I do differently in the future to improve this? And the, and the golden question there is, um, you know, how may I have contributed to this problem? So anytime you have uh, a problem, just ask, ask yourself that question. How may I have contributed to this problem? It's, and you're not saying, you know, what did I do to, to make this happen? That's not the question. You're saying, how might I have contributed to this problem? And keeping your mind open that there are likely other factors that contributed to the problem. The beautiful thing in doing that is number one, it will often lead you to, um, to a, a, a system solution. And I'll tell you that about that in, in, a, in a sec. But the other thing is that when you verbalize that and you actually tell other people, hey, you know what, here's the problem we had. I think this is how I contributed to the problem. You change, you change the psychology of people and instead of having them on the defensive, you immediately make them way more open to looking, oh yeah, okay, well, hey, you know, I appreciate you saying that. I realize now this is a safe place. And I can now admit and I can say, you know what, yeah, I think there might be a resource problem, there might be a system problem, and you know what, this is how I think I contributed to the problem too. It is amazing when leaders go first and say, this is how I think I contributed to the problem, um, how it creates this kind of chain reaction where other people are far more willing to look at how they've contributed to the problem. <clears throat> but habit number three is to engineer the solution. And that's really, I think, one of the key things that, um, that your podcast listeners might be interested in is it's really the systems, the systems thinking approach. The way I define accountability is taking ownership of results and working to improve future results. It's not simply good enough to say, you know what, this is on me and I suck. <laughs> That's not true accountability. True accountability is saying, this is my part in this problem and this is what I'm gonna do to make sure that this never happens again. And that's where you really need to have that systems thinking hat and to say, look, what are some ways that we can engineer the solution here? What are some ways that we can make sure that um, that we can kind of compensate for human fallibility? People get tired, they get distracted, and they forget things they shouldn't forget. That's part of being human. Expect it. It's going to happen. The answer, be more careful, is not an acceptable solution. That's not a sustainable solution. And so we need to find ways to create sustainable solutions that account for the inevitability of human fallibility. And so those are those three basic steps. Look, just don't blame, look in the mirror and engineer the solution. And personal accountability and setting that supreme example of personal accountability really boils down to those three, those three simple behaviors. Simple uh, to understand, hard to do. And so go ahead, Jack. No, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you, you mentioned um, you know, looking at how you as an individual contributed to a specific problem. You know, 
a lot of times within an organization, we have goals or metrics that span multiple individuals, multiple uh, departments, um, and especially in medicine and healthcare, you know, we have, you know, maybe a goal, a quality metric like mortality or length of stay or something along those lines where it really is multidisciplinary. You have several different groups that all contribute in various ways. And, you know, HF as the, the CMO can, I guess, focus all of his efforts on one individual part of that solution. Um, but he's never going to be in control of the entire pie that would give you that the desired result. So how do you structure accountability at an organization and at an organization such as healthcare or an organization that is looking for a result that crosses multiple disciplines in such a way to get your desired result, knowing that no individual part has the ability to really control that whole result? or be accountable for for everything. You just ask the the number one question that is on every leader's mind. Basically, how do I increase execution within my organization, right? Um, how do I make sure that that all of the pieces work together so that we get this this, you know, result of of uh, a number of different people working together. So <laughs> Is that, did I understand yeah. you correctly? Yeah, yeah, How do yeah. you create you just, the perfect in, in 10 system? seconds or less, can you, can you give me that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So I'll tell you what, it, it really does. So I will say it does start with uh, with demonstrating that supreme example of of, um, of personal accountability. I will get to your, I will get to your, well, I was going to tell a story. I, I'll tell you, I'll just tell you a quick story about, and I think it is important that we understand kind of, um, you know, how in practical terms engineering the solution and personal accountability works. A couple of quick stories. One is that I was working with a, a, um, a construction company and, um, and uh, I, I had taught them these principles. I circled back with them uh, a few weeks later and said, how's it going? I ended up in a breakout group with a project manager and he said, Michael, our, our general manager is a blamer. And he said, every time, you know, we, we, every week we have a team meeting and the general manager is reviewing the work from the previous week. And, um, and you know, we're almost always talking about a problem. And, you know, very quickly, the general manager finds somebody in the room to blame, lays into them. That person gets super defensive and the meeting just goes downhill. He said, but what happened the, the week after uh, you taught us these principles, that meeting went differently. It started out the same general manager talking about a problem from the previous week, uh, identified somebody to blame. And but then he stopped mid sentence. And he put his head in his hand for a moment and he looked up and he said, this is how I think I contributed to the problem. Mm. And he said the tone of that meeting changed <clears throat> immediately. He said it was amazing. And he said something happened that I've never seen happen before. Other people be began saying, no, boss, it wasn't just your fault. This is how I think I contributed. This is how I think I contributed. And and so very quickly, they were able to diagnose the problem and come up with with a solution. And I just wanted to point out that. I know a lot of people are really quick, want, want to quickly kind of go over how do we help other people be accountable. But the, the key thing is it does start with you. And I'll tell you another quick story mm -hmm. um, about it just kind of happened to me um, with uh, there was uh, one of our one of our templates, a document um, for one of our surveys got got deleted accidentally. There's only three people in my, or at the time there was only three people in my organization. I didn't delete that document. My assistant didn't delete it. And so it must have been Mel, who was the other person in our organization. My assistant says, 
I'm going to murder Mel. So that's probably not the best solution. So I said, let's hang tight. Let's follow. Well, let's walk through the three three habits of personal <laughs> accountability. And you know, so habit number one, don't blame. No, we're still mad. That didn't work. So habit number two, look in the mirror. And as soon as we said, how may we have contributed to this problem? We both realized, oh my gosh, I almost accidentally deleted, deleted that a, a document in that you know one of those types of documents. She said, I almost accidentally deleted. So why did we both almost accidentally delete one of those documents? There was no safety protocols around that. And so a very simple engineered solution, and that's, I was, I told you that a lot of times looking in the mirror leads to engineered solutions. And so what happened is when we looked in the mirror and said, why did we almost accidentally delete that document? We realized, oh, because it's floating around inside of our work in process or right beside documents that are work in process documents, it's very easy to delete one of those. And so a very simple way to engineer the solution is create a folder um, for templates. Put all our, all of our templates in that folder, we won't accidentally delete that again. So I just wanted to back up real quick and say, look, we're all very concerned about how do we how do we make other people accountable? It really starts with us as leaders following those three habits. Now, I am gonna get back to your question, Jake. Organizational accountability, um, there are, it's, it's different than personal accountability. It starts with personal accountability, but different. There are some other factors that you really need to consider when you're trying to um, instill a culture of accountability. The very first, I call it a condition of organizational accountability, is uh, a shared vision of success. And I'm going to tell you one of the very first ways that organizations go wrong, especially when it's an organization of really smart people, uh, is they overcomplicate the vision of success. Um, and they say, we've got all of these objectives that we're trying to achieve. Um, go to it, gang. You know, achieve these objectives. Um, and I'm going to tell you, if you aren't really laser focused on the objectives that you want, uh, you're not you're not doing your organization a favor. They're not going to they're not going to achieve the results that you want. Uh, a number another uh, condition of organizational accountability is choice. You do have to give people some option and some choice about how they achieve those results. Um, if you don't, then if they fail, it's your fault, not theirs. And and they can legitimately say you own this not me um so those are just a couple of things that i just wanted to, to mention but as far as organizational accountability goes one of the now are you're just saying how do we actually make this work how do we how do we make how do we ensure people get those right results um uh and i think i think what i heard is is kind of how do we and i don't know if you use the word cascading goals but how do you yeah. how do you make that how do you cascade that down the organization? I would say if you're crystal clear about the shared vision of success, I'd go to the next level and I'd say, this is the objective. You go away, figure out how are we going to achieve that objective? What are, what are three or four things that you need to do, you and your team need to, need to accomplish to achieve that objective? And it shouldn't take you a month to figure out what those three or four objectives is. It should take you a week. You know, think about it at the leader should think about it for a little bit, come up with, you know, some draft three or four ideas, bring it to their team, get some feedback from their team, bring it back to the the uh, the CEO or, um, you know, whoever is, is ultimately in charge and say, this is how, this is our plan. What do you think? Um, and then that and then that that CEO simply says, you know, yes. Or did you consider this? What's your backup plan? How are you going to know if you're achieving this? 
you know, pretty quickly if, if we're off track, how are you going to know we're off track? Uh, asks those questions and really, in, in a nutshell, Jake, that is, um, that's how I would go about um, uh, ensuring organizational accountability that kind of cascades down to these levels. Make sure you're crystal clear on the shared vision of success. Make sure that it's simple and then give others choice about how to achieve that and then make sure that their plan accounts for how do we make sure that we keep people on track? Uh, how will we have you know put in place some early warning signs if we're not on track? There you go. A little a more little than more 10, ten seconds, seconds, but I yeah, a little bit more. I'm sorry, that was a that was a long, long uh, answer. Sorry about that. No. Well, guys, uh, Michael, this has been a great discussion, and uh, on behalf of Baptist, we greatly appreciate you spending time with us. For our listeners, if you want to if you want to learn more, you can get Michael has a great website, michaeltims.com. He's got a lot of great resources on there that have helped me. He also has his new book, uh, How Leaders Can Inspire Accountability. It's available at Amazon. And once again, Michael, thank you very much for being with us. And uh, hopefully we can have you back someday. All right. Awesome. I like that. Thanks, Harvey. Take care, guys. Okay.